0: Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market and cute talent.
1: Hey, what about Tom? Where's that guy? We wanted to hear his interesting stories. You know, I think he could have done it. I don't know what the is f- going on flying solo like that okay great podcast you did summarize it perfectly and uh i thought it was really good uh excellent perspective all the good travel stuff and uh look forward to hearing the next one about the Mac. talk to you later buddy
0: hello and welcome to another episode of this week in production i'm your host art aldridge and joining me on the phone today is richard taylor welcome richard Hey, Art, how you doing? Very well, very well. For those of you in my listening audience who might not be familiar with you, can you just give me uh, give me a brief bio?
1: Well, I think your audience is mostly interested in the Final Cut Pro stuff, not my complete bio, which would be musicianship and all that. But I'm, uh, I'm the guy that runs the Final Cut Pro radio podcast, and I have... I started one of the very first Final Cut Pro ten websites, FCPX.tv. As a matter of fact, I got that domain name the night that Final Cut Pro ten was debuted at the Super Meet at NAB in April of twenty eleven. Did you really? Yes, I did. I, I I was sleeping, but I had my iPad next to my bed just to see what was going on, and when I saw Final Cut Pro X 10 announced I went and got FCPX.TV that that minute. So, do you remember that? I do. I was actually at that Super Meet when they... Oh, you
0: were? I was when they teased it. And, um, I mean, I go back. I don't know how far back you go with Final Cut. I go back, really, to version 1... I was doing some consulting I did some stuff with Apple. I didn't use it I you know in fairness I didn't use it till version three. That's when I think it right. really became usable but yeah I was at that Super meet I saw them drop 10 and I was a little surprised the air let you could feel the air leaving the room
1: in Las Vegas. Well tell me tell me what that that must have been incredible. So was that in a negative? way
0: then it was it was a negative way i think it was shock and i you know i didn't i was trying to keep an open mind i didn't really know how to react to it but i was surprised at the the room because these super meets back in those days were packed you know over a thousand people in that room and you literally could feel the air just get sucked out and i was like wow this is going to be interesting
1: yeah, we you know I'm the I'm the co-editor of Off the Tracks with Brad Olsen and we covered that.
0: I think my problem with the way Final Cut 10 was introduced had to do a little bit with Larry Jordan. And I don't know if you remember the lead up to 10 but he got early access and he was Yes, I do. He yeah. hyped for maybe his own purposes of selling training, but he hyped Final Cut Pro 10 in such a way that I felt personally that it was going to... The expectation was set falsely, right? We were in for this, um, you know, magic carpet ride. And, and I think when we really saw what it was, I think the expectation was a letdown of, of what the reality of the software was. And, and I felt like that had a big part of it
1: to influence well, that's interesting i never heard anybody i don't think recall you know mention larry specifically but here's the thing with with me and 10 and 10 and 7 i accepted right from the beginning that 10 was a brand new application it was not final cut pro 8 i didn't expect i, I didn't know what to expect but i when i saw it i said well this is not final cut pro 8 this is a brand new version one of the app. So it didn't really, it didn't really affect me. Other people that were affected, if they had studios built around 7 and were expecting Final Cut Pro 8, I understand the disappointment there. But not as a brand new app, brand new way of thinking. I didn't really, you know. I, I used it as much as I could right from the beginning because everybody was starting at ground zero. I don't care how much Final Cut Pro training you had, When you started with Fonica pro 10 you were starting right at the beginning of the race so everybody was pretty much equal at that point as far as their you know their experience with it so it didn't i understand the other side but for me it's like i wasn't disappointed i was you know i kept using seven as long as i could yeah
0: i think apple didn't really handle the transition well and i think that was that was also part of people's frustration about 10 is that you, you couldn't buy seven anymore. They literally stopped selling the skew and you, you were in this kind of no man's land. And I, I agree with you. I, I looked at it like, Hey, Apple's making sense. If if we're going to look at rewriting the app from the ground up, which is what they did, that you have to take a fresh right. look at it. You don't want to spend all that time and money uh, to make an app. That's only, Uh, uh, you know, a stride better than what we had. Let's reinvent the wheel. So I bought into that whole concept. The way that I I got into 10 was sort of by mistake. I was doing uh, a job with multiple editors, multiple laptops. We were all networked and I ran out of seven licenses and I was the odd man out. So I literally was forced to use 10 on this job, probably sooner than I would have volunteered to do. Uh, but once I got into the, the mindset of 10, I have never looked back.
1: Right. But you know, it, people, even to this day, they have things that they want in Final Cut Pro 10 that it doesn't have. The best app would be a combination of seven and 10, in my opinion, there's things in seven that I wish 10 still had or 10 had period. Like what? You know, a mixer. A mixer. Where's the mixer? Where's the master audio fader in Final Cut Pro 10? There's none. I agree. You have no control over the master audio. Yeah, I agree with that. But there's other things too. There's dupe detection. There's the ability, you know, like when I do a lot of live streaming, when I bring the live video file, audio file in, a lot of times the audio and video are out of sync by a couple of frames. So how do you do that in 10? You have to detach the audio or you have to open up the clip in, the, in its own timeline and adjust it there. Why can't I just do it in the main timeline like Final Cut Pro 7 could? Final Cut Pro 7 would show you the original sync and you could adjust the audio and video frames one way or the other and it would show you the out of sync.
0: Yeah, I like that feature too. Though I find, I find it is less necessary these days, but I agree it should,
1: shouldn't be taken out. It shouldn't be detached audio right or in you know, its own timeline right right but anyway 10 at this point 10.4.8 is a really really good solid app but it still needs things you know people that say oh this is really good i don't really need anything else do they really think that final cut is going to stop at 1048 and for the next 10 years it's not going to add anything that doesn't make any sense no, of course, they're going to keep on add, adding adding it and you know making things efficient, more efficient and and stuff like they did with Metal two they brought Metal two in.
0: I think all of this is is dependent on, I guess, what your expectation is for the app and and where you're coming from. And even let's let's take a step back. Now you know you're you're very plugged in. You're plugged into the ecosystem of Final Cut. You do it. Right. I mean, you do an amazing amount of um, social media, streaming, and and uh, you know a lot of touch points with the the audience for Final Cut Pro more than I do these days. But just even to step back from your, so we know where your opinion's coming from. Like, how do you use Final Cut? What kind of work are you doing with it? That I think helps to color your perspective on it.
1: So I do short promotional videos for local animal rescues. I do music videos for local bands. I'm doing working on two different long form documentaries right now. And prior to that I used Final Cut Pro ten down at the National Archives. I was the post supervisor, lead video editor down there for eight and a half years, and I used it down there for live events, for multi-cam live events we had we would have we had president obama down there we had steven spielberg down there we had george mcgovern before he passed away down there we had politicians and book authors down there we would do multi-cam live productions and i'd use final cut pro for that
0: final cut in that market i think is in a good spot i mean I think most of what I see as a benefit from Final Cut Pro 10 comes from the speed in which I can work. Now, again, it doesn't have all of the you know feature set that we we had in seven, but I do think that because of the efficiencies in the way it works, especially for outputting, and and I don't know if you use Frame I/O with it, but I use Frame I/O in my workflow with Final Cut, and it just saves me so much time. So I think from my mindset, I would like to see it faster in general. That's where I think I get, you know, a little rubbed with Final Cut. And this, I think, brings the conversation to the Mac Pro because I bought the Mac Pro 2019 with the hope that it would really take advantage of Final Cut and Final Cut would take advantage of the hardware and I don't know that it's gotten there yet the two pieces.
1: Look, they just started. <laughs> right from the beginning they said Final Cut Pro 10 is optimized for the Mac Pro. That was back last fall they just started with this optimization for the Mac Pro. What else what other product demonstrates the power of the Mac Pro more than Final Cut Pro 10? Nothing. Logic, maybe, maybe logic, yeah. logic with a thousand tracks. I've never got anything close to a thousand tracks, um, but those those are the pro apps, the two pro apps that they have, and I expect there will be optimizations specifically for the Mac Pro going forward with Final Cut Pro Ten. Look, Final Cut Pro Ten point four is twenty six months old right now. Twenty six months old. Every other full number update from 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 3 to 4, was 14 months, 16 months, and 18 months. 10-4 is 26 months. Something's going on. It's not just a regular update, going to 10-5, I mean.
0: Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I, I did not get out to the Creative Summit this year. I had a, a work conflict, and I wasn't able to go. But I've been at all the other ones, and I know you go too, and... In the past, we've been taken to the Apple campus and we've met with the Final Cut Pro team. And I think that's one of the best features of the conference for me. But they didn't release anything around the conference, which they have done in the past. So I think you're right. Something is being worked on, maybe harder than they anticipated. I'm not sure. But I do have high hopes that soon, maybe NAB, we will see a new version of Final Cut, and I'm, I'm really hoping they can take advantage more of the hardware in the Mac Pro than it is right now.
1: Oh, I think they absolutely will be. I mean, I think that's one of the main things that, like, like I said, what else is the Mac Pro for? I mean, I understand scientists can use it and stuff, but that's not really high profile stuff as far as the general public is concerned. When Parasite won the Oscars, four Oscars, then the guy said he did it on Final Cut Pro 7. That wasn't very uh, pleasing to Apple, I'm sure. If they had perhaps known about it, maybe they had would have gotten him a Mac Pro and Final Cut Pro 10 earlier in the process. But
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, a lot of people still use 7, and that's fine. You know, my concern is just that at some point, your hardware will fail you'll have to replace the hardware and you may get locked oh, yeah. out with, with software. Absolutely. But I don't, I mean, look, I don't get hung up on, you know, which NLE is better. Premier seven, you know, Avid. No, I, I it, agree. It doesn't agree. matter to me for my, for my business. My qualification of a tool is whether it makes me more efficient, makes me more profitable. And I can say definitely final cut 10 does that
1: for me. So, Every full number version of Final Cut Pro, every one with the exception of one, 10.1, was released around NAB or previewed and around the Final Cut Pro Summit. Every one. 10.0 was a super meet in 2011, NAB. 10.2 was in NAB. 10.3 was the Creative Summit. And 10.4 was previewed at the Creative Summit and then released in December of that year. So every major full number update has been released around NAB or the Creative Summit, except for 10.1, which came out in December.
0: Yeah. And, and it's a little different now because Apple doesn't have a, a booth.
1: Apple, once again, has presented every version, major version of Final Cut Pro at NAB or the Creative Summit. They missed the Creative Summit last year. It's got to be in NAB this year. I expect 10.5 to be big based on the fact that it's 26 months old since 10.4, which is very unusual. Right, It's almost 10 months more at this point. NAB will be 24, 20, it'll be 26, 27, 20, almost 30 months between 10.4 and 10.5. Something's going on. It's not a regular update. There's too much time involved.
0: Do you ever think about, because Apple's lost some of their key final cut people in the last yes. few
1: years. Yes, they have.
0: Do you ever think, Oh, okay. That took a turn that I
1: wasn't expecting. I'm a little worried. Yeah. Well, no, I don't I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I have I have more faith in I guess what they're doing. I mean, if I think they're always moving forward with Final Cut Pro 10. 26 months of moving forward is a lot of moving forward. I think something big's going to happen. If something big doesn't happen, if it's just an ordinary update or whatever, you know, I'm going to I'm going to probably look at Resolve. To be honest with you.
0: I've tried to use it. I mean, as an editor, it just doesn't work for me. The interface doesn't work. It's it's too I don't know what, but I've I've tried it. Now granted, if push came to shove, kind of like 10, if I got stuck, I could probably figure it out. But I'm I'm not not thinking I have to, you know, put my eggs in that
1: basket yet. Well, I'm not I'm not either. As a matter of fact, before I'd go to, to resolve, I'd probably use LumaFusion which is my next favorite NLE. Have you
0: done any, I've, I have it. I've not really cut much on my iOS device. And if those of you who don't know what it is, it's, a, it's an iOS device, a piece of software that lets you edit. And now I believe you can export XML to Final
1: Cut 10. Right. One way from, from LumaFusion to Final Cut Pro 10. I don't like the iPad as much as I do the Mac, but I love the software and things that they've done with it they've done things that I wish Final Cut Pro 10 had you can color clips you can color code clips and you can sort by the color so I can select a clip I can color code it blue I can go in the browser select blue and all my blue clips come up I like the fact that you can lock they have the best of the magnetic timeline and traditional tracks they have both its magnetic but They have tracks and you can lock a track. I'd like to be able to lock a track in Final Cut Pro or a lane, whatever you want to call it, and have no changes made to that. For example, this is one of the other things. They have clip markers and they have timeline markers. Final Cut Pro only has clip markers. It doesn't have sequence markers or timeline markers. So I have to do a workaround. i got to put a title across the entire thing and place markers in that title that don't move getting let's take this shift back for a minute to the
0: mac pro now so i don't know what you were coming off of as far as hardware i was basically coming from an imac pro and before that i had the 2013 trash can okay what was your hardware prior to the 2019 mac pro 2017
1: regular imac like a 5k imac yeah, the 5K. The worst thing about it, it only had two Thunderbolt 3 ports. I hated that.
0: When you were looking at the Mac Pro, like I'm curious about your thought process in the purchase. Like I, I was coming off of two machines. Now, the iMac Pro is certainly better, but I was very disappointed in the 2013 Mac Pro. I spent a lot of money on that machine, and it just did not deliver the goods. And you know as i'm waiting 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 for all the data to come out about the you know the new 2019 mac pro i was thinking okay is this going to be another you know trash can is this going to be expensive hardware that's not going to deliver the goods so i had that in the back of my mind when i was purchasing i'm just curious as to your thought process and tell us about your config that you did purchase and and sort of your thought process as to why you went that way.
1: Well, first off, I never I never liked the 2013 uh, Mac Pro. It, it wasn't for me. I just didn't I didn't like it right from the beginning. To me, I'll stick with iMacs. You know, especially when they came with Thunderbolt 3 for expansion and stuff. So I never liked the 2013. However, I was a huge fan of the original Cheese Grater. I love those machines. I love the ability that I can go in and take hard drives in and out, and I can configure things and. PCIe cards. I love, absolutely love that form factor. So when they announced the 2019, I was completely shocked that it was an upgraded cheese grater. Pleasantly, I kept thinking they were going to say, Oh, we're just kidding. This is not, you know, we're just teasing you. Right. And they didn't do it. They came out, and instead of four PCIe slots, you got eight PCIe slots. People are saying, Oh, no, no, that's too many. I don't want them at that many. It's too pro. No, right. this is what we asked for. This is what we got. I do think the
0: design was good, but did it did it ever go through your head like this may be,
1: you know, another turkey, or no? Oh no, 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 not not at all, not for me. Absolutely not.
0: Okay, so you you were looking at it with definitely like you just liked the the form factor and the expansion, which I agree is a good part of it. Um, what config did you buy?
1: so there's a couple of things when i recommend people ask all the time number one is don't get the eight core okay get the 12 or 16 i got the 16 number two is don't get the 256 gigabyte ssd drive get at least a one terabyte i got two terabytes the other thing was the graphics card now there's a big leap from the base up to the First tier, which is the Vega Vega 2, which was $2,400 difference. But first off, it's 32 gigabytes of, of uh, VRAM. Number two is it has four additional Thunderbolt 3 ports. So I have eight Thunderbolt 3 ports. I went from two on my 2017 iMac to eight. I have yes. eight Thunderbolt 3 ports. I love that. So that's another factor. If you get the other card, it only has, I think, two HDMI ports. So if you can afford that, get the jump to the the next tier GPU. If you can't, don't worry about it, you can get it later. It's an MPX module. There's no cables to connect. There's no fans to worry about. You can always get it when you can afford it later. It's user replaceable. So that's the other thing. So I have the 16 core. I had 64 gigabytes of memory, but I got an additional, from what I understand, there's six lane six lane memory in the Mac Pro that it said, It works better. So I got the 48. Then I added 64 from OWC. So now I have 100 and some, 112 or whatever it is. So that's fine. And then I got the two terabyte SSD, 16 core CPU. I got the Vega 2 Pro 32 gigabyte, which has four additional Thunderbolt 3 ports and an HDMI port. And I think that's all of the options that I got.
0: Right. That's almost the system I got, except I did get the afterburner and I actually did get the, I got two of the uh, XDR displays. Finally, I, I have the system together now for about two weeks. I've been editing on it a lot. It's, it is great. I love it. It's silent. It's very quiet. I think the the magnetic monitor mounts are absolutely amazing. The way that you can position them and rotate them 90 if you want them. I was, again, looking at this though, through my eye, like, let me, let me do some testing, both, you know, uh, scientifically as I can, and then the intangible, like, how does it feel? And I've talked about it on my podcast in the past few weeks, probably too much, but I'm curious as to your impressions of using the machine with Final Cut or other applications using, and do you feel like you're seeing a boost, a gain, a benefit?
1: I don't stress it out. I'm not, you know, I don't really stress it out. I don't have, you know, 20 tracks of video or whatever, lanes of video and final cut. So I don't really stress it out. So the performance has been fine. There's been no issues. But I, so
0: I've tried to qualify the performance of this machine somewhat. I've done some, you know, the intangible test. Like I I noticed that in multicam clips where I have two um, external audio sources with six and eight tracks in each, I noticed that the audio waveforms draw faster. Now I don't have a clock on I can't tell you. It's, you know, 25% faster. I just know that it feels faster. But I tried to do some qualifications with timing and rendering. And I know there's a, a lot of bloggers have done very detailed reports. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, scale down the scope of, of what my test would be just to get a general sense of the benchmarks. But it, what it seems. That this machine, my, and it's a 16 core similar to yours. This machine is about 30 to 40% faster than my iMac Pro,
1: which is a good. Well, that's a good chunk. That's yeah, a good that's a good chunk.
0: Bump. That's a good bump. What I was a little concerned about, and I don't know what, if you use anything like CPU and GPU monitors, I use the iStat menus just to yeah, see those too. what my computer is doing. But I got scared the other day because I was rendering out of compressor and I was not seeing any activity on the CPU meter, like very little, just a little couple of blips. (laughs) And I was like, what? Like, why is this software not, you know, using the resources it has? I was a little concerned about it. So I started investigating, you know, this compared to, I have the Adobe Creative Cloud suite, so I ran some tests with Media Encoder. And Media Encoder was using all 16 cores, and it was using it at like 60% optimization or or usage utilization, I should say. Right. So I got excited. I was like, wow, like maybe Media Encoder has been tuned to use this hardware better. So I started to think, okay, let me run a head-to-head now, compressor against... media encoder with the same as close to the same setting as i could get h264 two pass five megabit file and i ran them both through and it turned out even though compressor is not showing any cpu usage Compressor is still 60% faster than media encoder in that encode.
1: Right. And there's a couple of reasons. Number one, Adobe doesn't use the uh, graphics.
0: Right. They don't touch the ATI stuff. They're all right. So they have,
1: they have to use the CPU and Final Cut's just the opposite. Final Cut uses the graphics more, much more than does CPU.
0: Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard to monitor it. Like, so you're thinking, I was literally thinking the machine is not using the hardware, but I guess in reality, it's using the GPU. It's just not really showing me that it's using
1: GPU. At or least- it just doesn't doesn't need that much to do its job. I guess it's perfect. Pretty- no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I have that. I have the iMenus, but they haven't. They have not updated for the, for the Mac Pro. It's not updated yet. They don't show all the cores and stuff. So I. But I have a bunch of different applications for monitoring different things. But I. You know what. Everything is at an idle when I use it. The CPUs are at an idle. Their graphics card's at an idle. So I am future-proofed myself for the next two or three or four years before I'm going to need something else. And even then, I can get a afterburner card. I can get a second GPU. I can switch out the CPU if I wanted to. But for what I need, this is more than I'm going to need for years going forward and i do expect the next version of final cut pro to be a major leap up you know i'm sure they've honed some things specifically for the mac pro
0: i am i am really hopeful that that is the case and i i agree with you i think this machine is built for probably more than 5 years the way that it seems processor technology has I don't want to say slowed, but it's kind of... Well,
1: it's kind of topped out, right? Yeah,
0: I think that this machine could could be a 10-year machine, especially since you can swap out all the internals with new parts. Exactly. So I do like that standpoint, but I do have some hopes that I will really see. I think it's good for Apple if Final Cut Pro 10.5 or whatever they call the next variation, I think it will sell hardware if that's been optimized even more for this machine. But 40 to 60% gains over my iMac Pro is pretty good for me.
1: It's very good. I didn't I didn't get an iMac Pro. I'm not sure why. I got the 2017. Maybe I got a good deal on it or something. I think I got a good deal to be an H1 on Christmas when I bought it. And I said, well, this, you know, I I just didn't think about the Thunderbolt three ports. That was aggravating to live with for like a year and a half. Yeah. Now I got eight. I got eight. So. So have you? I'm very happy.
0: Have you put anything in your Mac Pro that's interesting? I know it's got all these slots now. So.
1: Yeah. You know exactly. I I made a joke on Twitter. I said I asked Twitter what I should fill my Mac, my PCIe slots with. Of course, they gave me all kinds of things. No, I have a a USB three card in it. So I have six usb3 ports because i still i use those all the time and then i have a nvme ssd single and uh, nvme ssd two terabyte drive i got a 15 dollar card off amazon and then got a one of those rocket uh two terabyte and I, I get 2800 megabits a second read and write on that thing internally i did once i once that happened i also then i just last week i got the external Thunderbolt 3 aluminum enclosure for one of those things put the same card in this one and it's the same thing on the external I'm getting 2800 I'm getting 2400 I'm sorry 2400 read and 1800 write on an external little teeny Thunderbolt 3 external drive two terabyte for four hundred dollars it cost me it's the same about the same size as a Samsung's but it's much faster because Thunderbolt 3 not USB 3
0: I bought a, uh, a net store. It's a four slot, uh, NVE box with Thunderbolt three. And I've got four, uh, OWC blades in it, two terabytes. I RAID zeroed it and that's blazing. That's, uh, I think 2,800 and up on some of the reads. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. And the box is about, you know, 500 and change plus the, the blades. Are you talking about the
1: external one or the internal one?
0: I bought the, well, I bought the external before the Mac Pro came out. So I'm using that on my Mac Pro. I was thinking about getting one of those cards because I, just to keep it all internal in the box and it may be either moving the blades or buying more blades, but I think I'm going to wait for the four terabyte blades to come out. Sure. Before I jump to another card, but I do like the idea of putting it inside and I do think because I've got tons of external storage, I've got more promise raids that I want to, you know, think about. And I've right, got I have one, I've got a, uh, a 10 gig shared storage chassis, a hundred terabytes of uh 10 gig ethernet shared storage that I use. But I do like the idea for editing of having your project on a very fast drive, you know, on the Mac to just make right. that project sing. I find the performance overall has been much better doing that. Even though it, I know it's RAID zero, and I'm not looking at it like I need to have it redundant. I've got the data backed up in multiple places, but good. being able to, being being able to move one project or two projects to an eight terabyte RAID that's nve based has been really a good thing for me.
1: Absolutely, I, I like the NVMe uh, modules. I was looking at looking at the uh, promise internal things they have the one is the mpx module one is the other j2i or whatever that goes above yeah that takes two drives but i don't want that noise in there
0: i i yeah i don't i don't want spinning discs i was a little disappointed that there were no um you know solid state options for that that uh big four drive one
1: i like everything about the mac pro it's the best mac i've ever had now i'm not an old timer I don't go back to the 80s. My first Mac, like I said, was a G3 in the late 90s. And that was for audio. That was for digital performance when I was, I have a recording studio. And I wanted to master digitally rather than half inch, half inch tape. Yeah, I agree.
0: I I think this is definitely the best machine they've made. Um, There was, I don't know if you were following this one audio blogger, Who bought the rack mount Mac Pro? And he's been doing a series of videos, Neil, something. Okay. And and he Pro Tools. He's doing Pro Tools, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he, the reason that he bought a Mac Pro rack model was that he wants to take the cover off without having to unplug all his devices. And I guess people—that's a good point. Yeah, people were ripping him. And he was like, well, I felt like I should do a video to explain why. And he did. And he's been doing a series of videos, which I find very... That's interesting. Interesting. But other than maybe having to unplug the cables to lift the chassis up, but honestly, I'm not taking the cover off too often.
1: No, I'm not either.
0: I do think it is an exciting time. I am very excited for what will be released by Apple in, in the next final cut. I am... Excited about that, and and maybe some more benefits to owning this Mac Pro will be revealed. Richard, I want to thank you for being here for sharing your uh, your wisdom and your insights. Absolutely, let's do it again. I mean, maybe we'll pick it up uh, after NAB, and we'll see if we were right about anything. Well,
1: <laughs> I think we here. You know, I I follow specific things about Final Cut Pro, and I catalog dates and times and, and, and versions and all. Here's, what's ha- here's what happened in 2017 and 2018. 2017 and 2018, both times, there was an official Apple presentation at NAB, not a booth, but an official Final Cut Pro team presentation at NAB in the south, upper South Hall, both times. Both times, they had a new version of Final Cut Pro to show us. That was announced in 2018. It was announced right about now, mid-February that they were going to do that. So I expect by the end of February, if we're going to see a Final Cut Pro team presentation at NAB, there will be an announcement made because people have to make, you know, they have to make plans and stuff. If we don't see that, I think we will. I Interesting. think we will. And I think that'll be 10.5 or whatever version, whatever they're going to call it. I don't think it's going to be 10.49. That would be ridiculous. Right, right. Are you going to be at NAB this year? I'm planning on it, but I'm more likely to go if there's a Final Cut Pro announcement. Because the only reason I ever went to Final Cut Pro, Sam Messman from LumaForge talked me into going my first year. He said, come on, let's go. Come on here, you know, with X, Y, and Z. That's when they've had the first Faster Together stage across the street from the convention center. Remember that. That was the first. Yeah, so I was there and I live streamed all those, a lot of them, not everyone, but I live streamed a lot of those. Sessions that they had. You know, they had the better version later, but I was live streaming as they were happening. When these events used to happen, they happened, you know, the NAB and the Creative Summit, whatever. I was always wanted to see what was going on as it was happening, being back here on the East Coast. But nobody ever did that. There might have been a blog somewhere that had a couple little entries here and there, or it'd be a day later or two days later or a recap when they got back. I wanted it information as it was happening as much as possible that's what I do that's what I do I do as much live streaming as I can I do one or two or three live streams a day I do one at night I do one in the morning I do one during the show floor as much as possible the last batch of of live streams I did NAB had like 15,000 views when I got back home so people do enjoy that
0: I do. I do think that's a worthy endeavor and I've watched your stuff and I do think, I do think there is a need. I mean, now it's like everything. It's, it's overdone maybe a bit and there's a lot of poor. I don't, I don't want to see just the product salesman reading the script as as a video. I hate that. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating bringing my, my podcast kit. Out to NEB and trying to do maybe a less formatted, less salesy podcast from different booths and see if that turns into anything.
1: There might be a Phonica Pro presentation there. I don't know, but I hope the team does something. That's what I hope. We'll
0: have to wait and see a couple more months. All will be told and revealed, I suppose.
1: Well, I think we'll be, if if there's going to be one, we'll know within uh, certainly by the end of February, I would think. I will right, we'll be watching.
0: Uh, Richard, thank you again. Thank you, Art. That was a lot of fun. It would be even better if you could add something to the conversation. Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601 564 Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, so please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.